Welcome. Hello. I'm Adria. I'm Andrea, and welcome back to the Chronic, Chronic Hustle. Hustle. Hey, girl. Welcome to episode eight. Nine. No. Eight. Oh, it is nine. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm really bad at keeping these in chrono- mm. chronological order. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. It's wow. Episode, episode nine. nine. We've made it. We are going to be talking about advocacy today, advocating for yourself. Um, and it's going to be a wonderful episode. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, and then, but before we get into that, we're going to go into our sparkly box Nice. I usually do the um, you do. singing, and I she know. does the percussion, but we switched it up. <laughs> she is shaking up the box. It's really pretty. She's me about to, grab to reach <laughs> and ask the question. Ooh, I don't even know what I wrote. What did I write? This girl asked me, what are some of your favorite words? Oh, yeah. You know what made me what? say that? Because of what we the, the word that we just talked about. Okay, favorite words. What word? Copacetic. Oh, oh my God. So for years and years, I thought that copacetic was copacetic. It's not, you guys. That that's one of my favorite. Say? That's one of my dad's favorite words. It'll be like, Dad, how are you doing? Everything's copacetic. And like, you say it with a T, don't you? But my dad also says things like sandwich. Gotta go get me a sandwich. My dad be like, Chicago. Oh, like, there's no R in Chicago. He does that too. Or he'll be like, I have an ideal. Or salmon. You don't pronounce the L. Side note, I said salmon for years. Oh. Okay, but also favorite words. I love the oh, word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got off subject. Let's no dads. <laughs> um, one of my favorite words is indubitably. Ew. What does that Why even does mean? She say ew. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't like it's it. It's like indubitably. Abs- I don't like that. that it, it rolls indubitably. What does that mean? It means like yes, of course. It's like an agreement. Okay. Indubitably. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like the word splendid. Oh, I like that. Splendid is nice. I love fantastic. Okay. Um, essentially. And, ooh, that's nice. I like that word. What other words do I like? I don't know if about I that. I love the word cultivate. Najee. I love cultivate. Yeah, she's like, yeah, one of my friends is like about that word cultivate that's a good question i've never thought about that i don't know i i love words though you do i love you're you're really good with your words words Mm -hmm. but i don't ever pay attention to the words that i use i have a whole list in my notes of like words that i want to continue to include in my vocabulary and then i go back and i'm like damn it i do not use these words and they're so good just the fact that you have a can we share that that list yeah i gotta find it i'll find it and we'll we'll post it in our stories like cool words andrea's cool words i have a whole list of them i do they're literally and then i and I have like a page in a notebook of just words that I like. Oh wow! Yeah. I think my the only word I really like mess with is essentially. That's really it. Yeah. I've never thought about that. <laughs> okay. I like cuss words. I love to cuss. She I'm, does really good on here, y'all. I'm I feel dr- like I'm yeah, the I was only about one to say, cousin. No, no, no. I'd be cussing like. Crazy. Andrea before we got on the podcast was like. You're so on brand on your social media. Like, I don't, like, you're not really, like, seeing, like, how I really am. But mm-hmm. it's just, like, a censorship that occurs when I get on my 
my Instagram. And yeah. I think that just stems from like being in in the field I'm in. Is like, oh no, if they see me out here cussing, will they come to my classes? And then I realized like. You know what? I, I was the same way. And then as I started, like, I cussed in front of a couple of students at the studio, like, <laughs> just, like, in the lobby. And um, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And they were like, no, this shows me that you're human. I like you more now. Like, okay. he literally said that. And I was like, oh. And I always thought it was cool to take some yoga teacher classes who cuss. Like, one lady, she just cussed, but it was a New York class. So, of course, if you don't cuss and you're teaching in New York, it's like... Are you um, really from New are York? Are you really? Yeah. Right. So it was kind of cool. It's cool, you know, finding that balance, know, being authentic. Sprinkle a couple yeah. cuss words as they come naturally <laughs> into. Um, I really only start to cuss when I get really passionate about something or when I'm really talking about some sh- some shit that, that <laughs> yeah. makes me, you know. Yeah. Um, and most of the time on my social media, I'm not really talking about anything too aggressive. Yeah, um, that's but true. Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay, well, thank you for that question. That was Absolutely. a great question. Okay. So, um, icebreaker, done. Check. We transition into the subject of advocacy. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of our worst experiences, some of our best experiences um, with advocating for ourselves as patients or supporting people. Um, and then um, we'll, we'll also offer some tips and pointers on what worked really well for us. Um, and then um, I'll share, I'll, yeah, we can share some resources and how we learned how to advocate for ourselves. And um, yeah, so moving forward, um, I'll, sh- I'll start first. Yeah. I can share um, one experience, uh, two experiences where I felt like I, um, where my voice was kind of taken. Um, and one, I was 19. And um, I was with I was with a loved one at the hospital, and um, we were in the ER, and um, the she was experiencing symptoms that she didn't know what was happening, um, but they were the, the, these symptoms were um, dire enough for her to be there, right. um, and. I was I was confused. I didn't know. I didn't have a lot of knowledge about what was happening, and so this doctor came in and he was, um, you know, doing the physical assessment, and I could see that she was uncomfortable, and I didn't know how to speak up. I didn't know how to make her feel more comfortable. I just kind of felt like I was just there witnessing this interaction happen, and I felt like I didn't have anything to offer. I just felt like a plant just standing there, and I was, like, unable to contribute. And so I just felt lost in that moment. And I can say, like, I didn't know how to be supportive of her in that time. So I felt like that was one instance where not necessarily my voice was taken away from me, but it was... You didn't it have was lost. Yeah, yeah, I had nothing. I had nothing to pull from. I just was witnessing, and I was scared. Yeah. Um, and then, would you like me to share the other? You um, want me to go? Uh, uh, it's uh, well, I can share. This one is really yeah. quick. Well, no, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, and then my other one will transition to a different. Yeah, thing. I would say my like what I'll share will be not necessarily like a. St- 
story, but more of like a time frame in which like I had no voice, but I was developing a voice. So okay. really early on after my diagnosis, um, because I was a minor, um, going I every doctor appointment, my mom was there. My mom was my advocate. Right. Um, but I was very much so when we would be at home. I would be like, I'm not taking, I was advocating for myself at home, and then we get into the doctor's office, and I became quiet because I didn't have a voice. My mother was supposed to be my voice, and there was um, a contradiction. You know, my mother wanted me on medicine, Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to be on medicine. Right. And so her advocacy was, um, she tried, but she was, she was, I could tell her in turn, so this is more of, her advocacy for me. Mm-hmm. This is what the story would be. And she was, I could tell when we finally would get to the doctor, it was like a, a internal conflict for her of wanting to honor her daughter's wishes, mm-hmm. but also do what was best yeah. um, simultaneously. And so I just remember um, feeling like I can't wait to be able to speak up for myself. That's how I remember feeling like mm-hmm. I can't wait until I'm the one who gets to decide what happens to mm-hmm. me. Um, and they would give me medicine and then I'd get home and I wouldn't take it. So like <laughs> at the like I just remember just feeling like trapped in a way, but also free in a way. Like yeah. but I wasn't getting the care that I really wanted. It was just like you're either on medicine or you're not. And those were like the only options. It was never like a conversation. And my mom um, and my mom might listen to this episode. I love you. Don't don't take this the wrong way. But my mother was a little weaker um, in advocating for me. You know, yeah. she was more adept to like listen to the doctors. Whereas me, I w- felt like my rebellious spirit when I would go into the doctors. I was mean to my doctors mm-hmm. from like twelve to eighteen. Before I was going to the doctor on my own. Yeah. Oh, Doctor Truman, bless his soul. He probably hated me because I would come up in there and just be like, I'm not, I'm not doing nothing that he says. I barely would speak to him. Um, so that's kind of like, I wouldn't say it was a worst or a best experience. It was just an experience in my life where I didn't, I knew that I needed to speak up for myself, but yeah. I didn't have the permission. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and then being a kid, you're, not, you're taught that you're, it's actually not your place. Yeah. Right. So that that actually reminds me of an experience where, you know, I was I knew I was experiencing anxiety. And so I went into a therapist or I don't know who I saw. um, But, you know, I was like, okay, I'm experiencing this anxiety. I need some tools, some things of ways of management. And this person was just like, okay, are you experiencing, you know, depression? Do you have these thoughts, whatever, whatever? And literally asked me like a a couple like five to ten questions and then he wrote me a prescription for Xanax and sent me on my way and like literally I was like I'm telling you that I have anxiety I also have anxiety like ingesting things and now you're telling me to ingest something for my anxiety like so I went home I didn't fulfill that I didn't uh, fill that prescription because it didn't make sense to me exactly um, and then, and how and how addictive anxi- uh, Xanax can be? Are, yeah, yeah like benzos. how dare you yeah. do that Absolutely. without without knowing anything about me? Right. It just it, it blew my mind, and I didn't know how to speak up and say, 
no, that doesn't make sense. Why would you give me that? Yeah. I want to talk to somebody who can blah. Exactly. I wish that I had that. Um, another experience that I had, um, I was with my um, friend who was um, in labor, and a resident came in, and you know the the resident checked to see how far she was um, uh, dilated, and um, and then the resident left, and then maybe about like not even five minutes later, another resident came in and immediately started like saying, well, I want to check because, you know, he checked, but I want to check because I'm, I'm better at it than him. And I see that you're in a lot of pain and I see that you're da 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 And then just started like spewing these, these things on my friend. Like, I see that you're in pain. I see that you're uncomfortable. So I want to do this so that we can move this situation along. And we all just stop and look like, hold on, why are you trying to say? And now... Oh, this is me now. Right. This is uh, so we can. So I'm going to transition into a moment of of advocacy because I saw her trying to like rule the like take like take control of the energy in the room by by portraying my friend and projecting. Yeah, there we go. Projecting these thoughts like, okay, you're uncomfortable. You're in pain. And I was like. Okay, first of all, and, and we all we all spoke she's up. She's in labor. Of yeah. course she's uncomfortable. Exactly. Of course she's in pain. Okay, but we're not speaking that right. upon her. Right. You know, and so that's one thing. Two, keep your other, you know, residents, all the residents, y'all, I, I respect you. But at this moment right now here with my friend, there's going to be no more experimenting on her. Period. Period. You can do that elsewhere. You know, I'm all for everyone, you know, learning and all of that. But right now in this ex- in this experience, we're not open to it. Yeah. Period. So that so that young man did not come back into the room. And then um, three, we were like, whatever you're trying to do, you're going to have to come back. Yeah. Because we just experienced something and we're good come back let's let her labor a little bit more and then you can come back yeah. and she was she was fine with that so we all we all spoke up me and uh me her mom and like you know we as a team yeah but yeah we had to like stand our ground like hold on back up yeah and and you know what like in when you're in the hospital and when you're already dealing with like something as crazy as you know giving birth and not crazy in a sense just something a life-altering experience mm-hmm. is like those added personalities those added and like you said we respect that you're learning all these things but it's like the humanity has to come first yes in the room and that's where advocacy really i feel like that's where advocacy lives Mm -hmm. is in humanity Mm -hmm. that is that ability to speak up and say we're having a human experience back up yeah because you want to have a medical experience period no, we're having yeah. a human experience, and I think that that can come into so many different aspects of our lives. And I'm I'm really glad that you told that story because I think I had like a this is I don't I don't ever want to say like worst or best experience. Cause yeah, like I told you, I I told you like sometimes I feel like my best experiences are in my worst experiences. Yeah, right. Um, so one that just came to mind that I did not think I was gonna share this, but. I don't know if it was earlier this year. It actually, yeah, it probably was like early this year. I I was working a full time job um, at a small business, 
And when I say full-time job at small business, I was working at least at minimum 60 hours a week Mm -hmm. for somebody else. I have a chronic illness that is my main priority, and I had to get a colonoscopy. And anyone that knows anything about colonoscopies, you have to prep for your colonoscopy a day before, sometimes two. And so I took two days away from work, one for my prep, where you're going to the bathroom all day long, um, and you have to drink all these fluids, and then the second day for my scope. And I, I made this job aware of this, and it's a small business, so what I want people to understand is I'm in direct contact with my ceo like the person that hires fires she is my point of contact there's no one in between us nothing um and i remember letting them know like a month ahead i have the scope i need these two days i'd work from home the day of my prep that's getting a lot from somebody when they're having to literally they're not allowed to eat and you want me to work like it just is it's amazing and i remember the day of my prep she was the CEO was like blowing up my phone and asking why I wasn't at work, why I was working from home. Yep. Complete violation of one space and under and two understanding. And I remember like any other time in my life, I think I would have either gotten emotional or responded in an emotional way. But I really just rooted down and I and she was like texting me this on top of it, completely inappropriate and unprofessional. And I just let her know, um, I'm, first of all, I let you know this a month ago. Here's the proof. Second, I'm preparing for a scope, which means that I'm going to the bathroom. And I got very vulgar in my text about what happens when you go to the bathroom. Because mm-hmm. I don't, one thing that I think is really important about advocacy, like what you just said, is keeping it so real. Yeah. Like, The thing that prevents us from advocating for ourselves is the discomfort within ourselves. I was going to say that. Go ahead, speak on it. Okay? So when you're uncomfortable, you, it's like this bulge. Like, you feel like you can't speak. Yes. But what we really have to do is flip it and be willing to make others uncomfortable. Period. And so I sent her a text that would make her feel... I'm sorry, but terrible about herself Mm -hmm. to ever approach me in that way, to ever feel that way. And she ended up calling me and you could hear the remorse in her voice. But it's like, imagine not, I think about all the people that have just talked to me about their jobs and how their jobs don't care about them. We don't even advocate for ourselves. We go to work sick. Like people that go to work sick, I'm like, yo, like you have to speak up that you're not okay, that you're not this. But that was a moment in which I felt like, Even if you knew I had a colonoscopy the next day, you should be like, hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. Not why are you not at work? And my what I want to encourage in this moment is that you have to be willing to make other people uncomfortable. Yeah. In order to for self-preservation. Absolutely. Like, so I have a similar experience. People um, crazy. I just want to say yeah. that. People like, y'all out y'all. People out they mind. I'm sorry. That <laughs> she is, usually adds two words in front sorry, of mine. I do, yes. And it really <laughs> makes me laugh every time. Out your mind. 
she'll do it another day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have two experiences, but really quick piggybacking on um, that moment of feeling uncomfortable. When that, when that resident came into the room, I was shaking, and I felt like it wasn't my place, but I knew that my friend asked me to, there, to be there to advocate Absolutely. for her. And so I, like, I literally had to plant my feet, and I had to stand up strong, take a breath, and through all of my discomfort say, no, no. Yep, do it with no. your, do it even <laughs> if your voice shakes. Yes, and I was nervous. I was nervous in that moment, but I knew that that was my job. Yeah, period. And so, um, but yeah, no, I had an experience where I, I was working, I was a manager at Lululemon, and um, I came down with the flu. And this flu, it literally took me. Um, I, I, if I hadn't, I was living with my roommates and they claimed that I wouldn't have died, but I think I would have died in my bedroom. Okay. And I laugh about it, but I, I, genu- I gen- genuinely believe that. I believe you. My friends, they're, they were like, no, we would have took care of you. I'm like, y'all work 24-7. Right. I would have died in my room because I wasn't intaking any nutrients. I was very, very, very sick. So I ended up having to uh, go to my parents' house in Ann Arbor. And I couldn't go into work, obviously. Right. And um, but I was still getting those closing notes at the end of the night. And I was seeing how me not being there was detrimental. And then they started actually talking badly about me in the notes. And so one day I knew that I was on the schedule. I should have still been off. I went into work sick, just like you said. I went into work sick and I was seething. I was seething because I knew that I shouldn't be there. I I was trying to regulate my temperature. I still had a fever. I was sick AF and I went because I wasn't I I I was internalizing that discomfort rather than saying, "Hey, I have to speak up about this." Yeah. And guess what happened? As soon as I walked in, I saw the other one of the managers who I actually really like who also is a yoga instructor and I saw her and I I I was like, Sarah, I'm about to have a panic attack. Talk me through it. Mm-hmm. And she, she brought me to the back, and I immediately had a panic attack because my body was in so much distress. Yep. And literally, it was like the, the breath was taken away from me, and I, I, I couldn't breathe. I, and she, she talked me through it all, and then I got sent home, obviously. Exactly. And then when I got home... Just like you said, your best experiences turn into your uh, your worst experiences turn into your best. From that moment, I wrote an email to the to the full management staff and was like, "I am incredibly sick, and I need the support of the management team to cover these shifts. I cannot reach out and try to do this and get better." So, period. Y'all have to do that. That's self advocating, right? Yes. There. And and from that moment. Everyone, they apologize. Yeah. They, they, and, and, and guess what? We were, we cut our budget on payroll because I wasn't there. So we did well that month. Right, because this the humanity. Well, yeah. It took, it took, it took them seeing me that sick though. Yeah, and it, that's such a, like, that's such an important point is like, the need for advocacy personally, but also for others yeah. to advocate, to be understanding, to know, and to also respect. And mm-hmm. also, if, you, if you're if you so sick that I just, I'm really, really big on like the aspects of 
if you're sick, what good could even come? From I should you? not have even you been have driving. Not even been driving. Right. I was I was so sick that yeah, my my vertigo while I was driving. I don't know how I made See, it there. Like, they could send somebody in your place. Like we have to stop acting as if us not showing up somewhere physically is like this the end of the world. Yeah, it's like we are human beings. Our bodies get sick, just like your cars break down. Our cars mm-hmm. get flat tires. Things stop working. Technology stops working, and and we we're we have an understanding for that. But the minute our physical bodies are a little bit held up, mm-hmm. it's like all of the all of that understanding goes out the window, and that's when we start to get into our tips and our yeah. pointers on how to advocate. Right. And I feel like we kind of have touched on them. Absolutely, and but you know what? Really quick, and it can't just be advocacy for ourselves. Yes, that's critical, but you have to advocate for people that you love. When you yeah. see someone who is trying to go to work and they have the flu, speak up you because tell them to sit you down. have to advocate for them because sometimes they 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 can't see it for themselves. Yeah, especially so. if you're again, if you're trapped in that mindset like right. I have to be right. there, I have yes. to do this or you're getting pressure from your yeah. management Absolutely. from people who who don't care. Right. You got to be like, yo, I yeah. think that you should probably rest. Yeah. The work will be there. Like mm-hmm. the work isn't going anywhere. You'll be there. Um, yeah, my physical therapist, him telling me to chill was him being advocating. my advocate chill it's all good and so advocacy is for for people sometimes you have to see what they can't see yeah absolutely and then for yourself and you and i we advocate for each other all all the time like hey stop yeah that's not necessary or like sometimes like i remember when i finally quit that job Mm -hmm. i had to teach that evening and i just called andrea and i was like hey listen like I can't teach both of those classes because energetically I just didn't have it Mm -hmm. in me. Like I had really, it was not an ideal way of leaving a job. And I just was like, I have no, I don't have everything that I need for my students. And she was like, got you. I'll teach the, that's advocacy. That's, Mm -hmm. that's standing by somebody's side and, and being present and also advocating for myself. You spoke up. You spoke up. And I was just like, sure, I I got you. I don't play that no more. I don't play that no more. I don't play it. Yeah, and like one day I was like, okay, I'm gonna come in and be there for you for your class. You're like, girl, we all stay sleep. It was about we were talking about ghosts. Yeah, I was like, I'll be there to protect you from the ghosts. Yeah, we were were talking about some shit. I was like, girl, you could just stay sleep. It's all good. I was like, okay. Um, So really quick, I just just yeah, I just want to give. I'm gonna be really quick with my pointers. Okay. Um, and mine are one pointer for me, especially in talking about um doctors or hospital hospitals or people yeah. um and andrea gave great um advice on just like saying what you feel but also like i read online just on like twitter this girl was like um you can actually like especially for women of color and black women i want I, this is like especially for y'all um or for us if you need treatment or you go to a doctor and you know that something is wrong and your doctor ignores you or treats you like you don't know what you're talking mm-hmm. about because that will happen once in your life. Um, you can just let them know, okay, well, can you please write down in my chart that you're refusing to treat me? Can you write that down? 
And I bet you these mother, this mother, okay, these motherfuckers <laughs> will get right into order because that's really what I wanted to say. They'll yeah. get right into order. Um, and then my second piece of advice is that if you're not getting what you need from a doctor, switch providers. Don't be afraid to do it. Period. I have done it several times Absolutely. where it's like, you know what? You don't work for me. I want a new one. I've done it in the moment yep. at an appointment. Mm. I, I, and I have had, I've had um, U of M call me to apologize mm. on, on the behalf of doctors. I've had, because when you, patients aren't doing it. It's not being done. People are literally going to the doctor and just adhering to everything that they say. Yeah, You know your body better than anyone yes. could yes. ever. And y'all, it is snowing. It's snowing. I know I saw that and I was like I'm shivering. So it's so, okay. it's cold. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> um, so yeah, with, with that, I have that on there. Trust your body. Yes. Trust your body. Get to know your body. And with that, you know, for me, it was helpful to have my journaling, to have, like, to write down my symptoms, to recognize patterns, um, seeing changes, seeing things, how how they might uh, um, change over time, the trajectory of these symptoms, and knowing them and being able to speak very clearly about them. And you have to be able to do it very efficiently. Sometimes, you know, I know doctors can be very like, um, the, uh, people can lose track of thought, or, Absolutely. you know, and then they can kind of like, kind of tune out. So I yeah. want to be able to right away be able to give my symptoms clearly. It's very hard. That's a hard thing to do when you're experiencing a vast array of symptoms. Yeah. But being able to really drive it home with like bullet points and, okay, you want me to explain further? Okay, I can explain further now. So keeping those notes, um, I think that it's really important to go to therapy because that way you're able to separate or to to be able to objectively look at things yeah. because sometimes our feelings and our emotions can get tied into our symptoms, our pain, and then it's it's hard to talk about those things. And it's harder to advocate for yourself when you're driven when you're, by your feelings. Yes, when you when you have a lot of emotion behind it. And it's so that so it's really important to be able to have those tools to work with your emotions and in into advocating for yourself um and then um and i i I wrote down here do the work um and it's kind of just for just like it's almost like a fluff kind of thing but it's 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 important and that's the the things that everybody suggests you know like oh make sure you drink the water make sure that you do this make sure you do that and make sure i think it's important to do those things those things that are healthy for you you know take the vitamins whatever whatever or do them or not do them but know your reasoning why and that way that way when people give you these suggestions on what they believe like when people like flippantly give you these suggestions on how you should heal how they think you should heal your body, you can immediately be able to respond rather than kind of internalize those moments. Um, you can kind of be like, oh, I've done that, I've done that, thank you for that suggestion, but that didn't work for Absolutely. me. I'm glad that worked for you, but that didn't work for me. Right. So um, I need to, we need to look at other options. Sure. Or mind your business if it's not a professional medical, like medical provider. Um, and then, um, 
And advocacy is outside. It's not just the medical field. It's not you as a patient. Granted, we're talking about chronic conditions, but that can start with, I was just thinking of how like how many times I've been at a restaurant and my food has come out wrong. It's speaking up for yourself. It's speaking up for yourself. It's and up and for that's yourself. when I've had friends who have been able to advocate for me. Like, send her food back. This is not ham. right. <laughs> I'm letting y'all know. I'm like the queen of like saying. Oh, yeah, you sent her food back when we went to brunch. I don't play. I don't play. Yeah. So, um, do you want to? Um, oh, a couple of resources. resources yeah. The the number one resource for me, EDS, was the Ehlers Danlos website. Through that website was how I found my physical therapist, right. um, and that's how I found a support group, um, a local support group of people with similar conditions. And so I um, I was able to talk to people and share experiences and um, learn about things within my um, EDS community and how how I can um, find more ways of managing it. Okay. So um, that was my biggest resource, was simply the Ehlers-Danlos uh, Society uh, website. Awesome. Yeah, we'll so link research, that. Yeah, we'll research, 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 yeah, research as resource. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let us know if you guys have had any experiences in which you felt like your voice wasn't heard or you didn't have access to your voice or when you that breakthrough yeah Yeah, you spoke up for yourself and you know what i do think there's a breakthrough moment once you experience that moment of you never go back you don't you never you don't because there's a new level of strength that you have and you're like i am not for this bullshit and you realize yeah and you realize that the world didn't end because you because you spoke up for yourself and guess what you get stronger and stronger every time it's not going to be easy it's not going to be comfortable but you will get stronger and you will weed out the people that ain't with it ain't with you speaking up for yourself yeah and if you can weed them out and it's easy you're just like okay bye okay cool on to the next (laughs) Exactly. So um, thank you all so much for joining us for episode nine, Mm -hmm. Advocacy. Mm -hmm. Um, Follow us at The Chronic Hustle. Yes. um, Adria Moses. Andrea Mahal. And email us at thechronichustle at gmail.com. And we'll see you all soon. Peace.